I'm Aaron Weintraub, and this is Inside Kurdistan. The first word any person who is learning about Kurdistan's education system comes across is the word strike. Uh, the teacher strikes in KRI have been going on for years in this region, due largely to budgetary issues with the Kurdistan regional government. And in order to summarize that aspect of it all too briefly, uh, the main issues with teachers here regarding their salaries began in 2014. Uh, when there was a financial collapse due to a myriad of different factors, uh, including but not limited to the presence of ISIS and collapsing oil prices. Um, And in recent years, uh, as recently as last year, in fact, there have been waves of teacher strikes uh, in and across the region. Uh, And the teachers' union's demands have been fairly consistent. uh, And and the demand that makes it to the top of the list over and over again has been the need for salaries to be paid on a monthly basis, which they rarely have been, uh, as well as seeing the promise of salaries and bonuses that had been missed in the past to be paid back. Uh, last year, the strike was enormous. Thousands and thousands of teachers left their classrooms for weeks. Uh, teachers were arrested. Uh, non-contract teachers also joined in. Uh, those are those are teachers that are brought into schools to fill the employment gaps in schools that don't have enough qualified teachers to cover certain subjects. Uh, and still, uh, the problem with salary persists into this year, and it will for years to come. Uh, even though today's about education, uh, I, I'm not going to actually be basing the episode on the teacher strikes and their history. What I discussed with my guest are actually all the topics, including her salary, uh, that filter into exactly what needs to be fixed with Kurdistan's education system to ensure that the next decade of teachers and their students don't suffer from the current layout. Ajin Saeed Abdullah started teaching about a decade ago, and her focus is in chemistry, and while indeed Like everyone else in her field, part of her issue with her job is her inability to collect the bonus that the government has promised her. Uh, There are a lot of different factors as to how and why teaching is so difficult in Kurdistan. Ajin was a particularly well-qualified teacher to speak uh, to me on this because she started her career in a rural public school and now teaches at an urban international school here in Erbil. Uh, where the teachers are from families that have been abroad and have access to far more resources than the standard working class family here. Uh, So she was able to speak on the differences between teaching at both schools, how she began teaching, which is important, uh, and how she's developed her skills since and and her thoughts on both the public and private education here in general. Uh, That's for urban and rural communities, boys and girls, and, and teachers and students. So with all that said, Here's what we talked about. Uh, so uh, I think it's just best that we start with your own background. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll take it from the top with uh, your background in chemistry. Uh-huh. Uh, but now you've you've been teaching for 11 years, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me about the transition from having a background in chemistry and and now teaching. What was that system that you went through? Walk me through that. Uh, Yeah, it's not uh, up to you to decide which uh, job uh, do you prefer or do you want to apply for. If you want to work for government, not for uh, private sectors. Mm -hmm. Uh, In government, they, uh, for example, they have vacancies uh, in that ministry. They will ask the graduates to fill a form 
that time we filled the form and they asked us uh, to choose the ministry that we would like to work for. So I chose Minister of Education. It's not because I liked or because teaching was my passion that time, but I knew that they need teachers. Uh, so I knew that I don't get refused by the government. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Uh, so I chose teaching. Did you like it at first? No, I didn't, <laughs> because it was really challenging for me. Uh, I wasn't ready for that uh, job at all. I think teaching is one of those professions where there's a big difference between the skill set necessary to do it and then the experience to do it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how old were you when you started? 24. 24. And what grades? Uh, I took grade 10, 11, and 12. Yeah, so... Not a big age difference. <laughs> and the, another challenge that I face is that uh, we have uh, studied chemistry in college um, and English. And then I I went to that school teaching chemistry in Kurdish. Uh, it's true that we can speak in Kurdish very well. We do understand Kurdish. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were some terms which wasn't easy for us to find these terms in Kurdish like uh, <laughs> oxidization or reaction or uh, reduction. These stuff it, we, we, we use to uh, get them in English in university. Mm-hmm. So when we want to explain in Kurdish, we, we used to use some English words uh, during our explanation. And uh, I think that it was an, uh, unclear for, for students uh, in that school because they were not good in English. What school was that? Uh, it was uh, a Berry High School in Topzawa. And where where is that exactly? Uh, Topzawa is uh, a small town uh, in Chabad. Could you explain how you went from studying at Salahuddin to teaching in a small town? And why did you end up there? Uh, this is Minister of Education's policy. Okay. Yeah, when you start working, you have to start from uh, the schools uh, uh, abroad or outside Erbil City uh, and uh, having experience for more than 10. It depends. Now I think uh, you have to uh, spend 13 years uh, outside, then you can come in. Mm. So basically the least experienced teachers teach in the most rural areas in the countryside. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, so how does that affect those schools? Uh, It affects their quality of education, for sure, because uh, fresh graduates uh, with uh, uh, limited schools are going to teach them. And... um, uh, you you need few years just to get familiar with the curriculum to to improve your skills. So in that time, I think that students won't get benefit from you that much because uh, you are going to to teach yourself some skills. Mm-hmm. You are in the learning process as well. Uh, so they they do get benefit when uh, you have experience more than three or four years there. Then you are. Uh, you become a multi-school teacher mm-hmm. uh, with uh, um, good experience in the curriculum and the concepts that you are going to teach. So at the beginning, when you are first graduate, uh, <laughs> uh, you didn't not... know how to manage a classroom. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Make a lesson plan, things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all these skills need improvement. Beyond your own struggles as a new teacher, 
what other discrepancies did you notice between rural and urban schools? Uh, schools in small towns, uh, they sometimes it's not easy to find teachers. For example, you, for example, if I'm a chemistry teacher, if they don't have biology teacher in that school, if they can't get a biology teacher, I have to teach biology. I have to teach physics. So uh, sometimes a teacher uh, who has degree in another, let's say, field is going to to teach another lesson. And um, facilities there are very limited. For example, in a school, it's it's not easy to find a school that equipped with a a good science lab, laboratories for physics, biology, or library, or computer lab. So... But these all exist in like Erbil, for example? Uh, in most of the schools in Erbil, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does the difference between teaching at an international school versus uh, public just stop at the allocation of resources and the money that they receive? Because I would imagine that the community that you work with now would be significantly different as well, at least socioeconomically. Uh, the interaction between students in public schools um, are good. Uh, respectful. Uh, we, we do have some cases that they start bully each other, that they start uh, disrespecting to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but compared to the private schools, uh, I see it's less. Uh, and this is the... I, I think it related to to their families and to the levels of their quality life as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mean economic quality of life? Economic quality of life because uh, based on my experience, in uh, private schools, uh, it's true that their economic, their um, quality life is higher than the public schools, but their the students' parents, they don't have enough time to spend with their kids. So this gap leads to uh, to that rebellious, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, they, they, they have this, uh, uh, they want to show off, they want to, to take attention. Uh, they need this to fill that gap. So, okay. uh, yeah. They, uh, the bullying uh, in private schools is somehow uh, higher than public schools. Mm. The other dynamic I wanted to ask about was the discrepancy between boys and girls education. And you've taught at multiple locations, and I was wondering if you could give me a few examples at each place you've taught at, uh, the differences that in terms of the education that girls receive versus boys, and what kinds of pressure... Uh, either gender faces? Uh, inside Erbil, uh, I can say that the, um, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way the, that families or school deals with the, these two genders is the same. Okay. Uh, but outside Erbil, in the small towns and in village, the priority of teaching uh, goes to male uh, rather than female. Um so, uh, Minister of Education and NGOs are trying their best to to bring every single uh, female uh, into the education system and process. How are they doing? <laughs> um, education is free. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they are trying to to open schools even in small villages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true that uh, the facilities are less and uh, the number of teachers are very few in that schools, but they are trying to to give them at least the basics for of uh, let's say teaching. Le- sorry, the basics of uh, reading and writing. Uh, just to encourage them, just to uh, keep them in contact with the learning process. So you left Tapsawa uh, and you started yeah. teaching at a PPP school. Yes. Can you tell me why that was? Uh, to be honest, as a teacher, I really wanted to work in a place that uh, have enough facilities for myself mm-hmm. and uh, in a system that... Uh, Mm, that updates me, that uh, uh, lets me to develop my skills. Uh, international schools uh, are, um, let's say, best uh, chances for a teacher who wants to develop these skills. Uh, could you tell me uh, uh, some of the skills that you've accrued and, and how you've improved as a teacher over the past decade? Yeah. Uh, so many skills. The first one is how to uh, how to manage uh, your class, uh, how to manage time in your uh, during your lesson, how to deal with students, the way that we interact with our students, how to engage students in your lesson. Uh, um, so many skills that helped me to to develop my. <laughs> um, my professionality in teaching. Mm. Do you think that you're able to develop those skills better in uh, an international school than in the public school that you worked in? Uh, we can develop these skills in international schools. Better? Better. Why? Uh, because they are um, supervising everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, whenever there is, uh, a, let's say, uh, mistake or anything that they they at once realized reported and they ask you to uh, to try your best to improve it. But in public schools, uh, they don't monitor you that much. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just the class and the teacher itself. No one comes. No one observes your lessons. No one evaluate your skills. Uh, but in international schools, they they do evaluate every aspect uh, regarding teaching and, uh, um, yeah. Because you, when you started, you didn't really want to teach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you find that a lot of your colleagues or a lot of the other teachers that you started out with, they were also in a similar situation? They also didn't want to teach? Most of the teachers in Kurdistan are like this. Uh, teaching... Uh, uh, let's say it needs uh, teaching needs passion so if you're not passionate to that job you won't be successful at the beginning uh, we we used to go, to think of uh, other jobs to get more money mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know that there is a small income in teaching mm-hmm. that's why most of the people they want to be doctors engineers uh, um, even when we are in high school, we, we try our best to get accepted in these colleges, not in <laughs> the ones that leads to teaching right. uh, a job at the end. Uh, 
so most of the people, especially the ones who they been in uh, in science college, yeah, it was on their passion to be a teacher. How do you think that affects students? Uh, <laughs> uh, always success comes from the ones who they believe that teaching is their passion. Mm -hmm. So, um, look, when you enter a class, because uh, it's you, your dignity there, you are trying your best, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you cannot develop if you are not interested in your job. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the end, we are trying our best, but uh, when you love your job, then you, you you become a creative teacher. You're trying to uh, to develop more, to, to serve your students in a way that uh, develop their skills as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think this... Students, because you say most of the teachers in Kurdistan don't want to be teaching. Do you think because what you just said with creative teachers making students more creative, teachers who want to improve make students want to improve, do you think that because there's so many teachers that lack the incentive to be good teachers, that's affecting the future generation of Kurdistan? Um, look, when you are interested in teaching, uh, it reflects. Mm -hmm. Student can feel it, okay? And when you are interested, uh, you, you try your best uh, to, uh, to raise a generation with the best skills that they need for life, mm -hmm. okay? So uh, gradually, it, it's true. I would say I was one of the teachers that teaching wasn't my passion. But at the end, when you enter the classes, when you see these uh, students are waiting to learn from you, to to improve uh, some of their skills from you, you start to love the job. You start to see that uh, it has an... They give you this impression that they ask you to try harder, to, to show uh, your best, uh, to... Uh, yeah, to, to to become your passion. <laughs> they enforce you. They they hold you to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. To pivot real quick to another incentive for teaching, uh, I want to talk about salaries. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, as we were discussing before we, we started this interview, uh, you were talking about how basically everything changed with teachers, especially in the public school sectors uh, from 2014 onwards. And I was wondering if you could walk me through that history. Yeah, uh, since uh, 2014, uh, um, the government couldn't uh, afford the salary that we were getting monthly. So we start getting uh, salaries for more than 16 days. Uh, that used to be 28 days. And then they cut all the bonuses and uh, promotions. Uh, I can say that since 2014 till now, my salary is almost the same. Uh, so this affects uh, teachers, uh, le let's say, uh, social life. Most of the teachers want to get a second job uh, or they want to quit job uh, their job because uh, 
their income is not good enough for their for themselves and their family as well uh, so but now it's good that we get our salary monthly but still we didn't get the money that the government uh, has cutted or let's say collected for us mm -hmm. yeah. so you haven't gotten back and the... The, yeah I, I hope that they resume this um, uh, decision and let the bonus and the promotion comes back this will uh, encourage the teachers to uh, let's say to to do their best they still doing their best but uh, it will be more uh, let's say the teachers will be more confident when they go into classes, when they get well paid. Do you think there has been an effect on the quality of teaching since 2014? Uh, you mean that uh, because the teachers are not paid well? Or, yeah, because uh, of the issues with the salaries. Uh, the issues with the salary is one of the factors that affects the quality of education plus the other factors that uh, uh, came uh, like the, uh, the ISIS wars, the, uh, let's say, uh, what we have passed through last uh, year's referendum mm -hmm. and Yazidi uh, and genocide, all these together uh, has affected our society uh, what affects society, it means it affects every individual. It affects their families, and families are affecting their kids and affecting teachers. Then, again, the teachers are uh, reflecting this on their students. Mm -hmm. So there are many factors that uh, affected the education system in Kurdistan. But do you think that there is a direct relationship between teachers not receiving their salaries and providing a quality education for their students? Of course, mm -hmm. of course. How so? Because uh, okay, if not, if I'm not uh, get paid for what I'm doing, then why should I? Why should I? Let's say uh, squeeze all my energy and be a creative, a positive teacher in the class. It's not. But why should I be like this? It's because my psychology, my mental, doesn't let me to be that person that creative one in the class. So, of course, it affects because uh, sometimes teachers um, used to do more than one job. So it means that they don't have time for preparing their lessons, for um, for having creative ideas about uh, teaching, uh, not having time for updating themselves, for tra uh, getting um, trainings uh, about uh let's say, new pedagogies and this stuff, of course it affects. Do you think that that psychological effect on not being able to provide for yourself, your family, that affects the teacher's relationship with their students? Mm. Uh, it affects as well. How? Uh, the teacher... Uh, when you are in the class, uh, you are a combination of your um, physical and mental, uh, let's say, parts together. So if your mind is 
somewhere else is busy to figure out how to get your, uh, let's say, your family's uh, uh, expenses and this stuff, then you won't be that creative. Uh, having two big responsibilities at the same time is not easy for a person. Now, if that person, which is teacher, having issue with these, uh, let's say, economic issues, it means that it, it drains his energy. He won't be able to provide what these students need. And it affects his mood as well. Uh, so many teachers became more, let's say, moody or uh, I don't say aggressive is too much, but let's say um, not being that positive in class anymore. Uh because there are many factors that uh, takes their energy, their attention. Uh, their, so it affects the way that they deal with the students. Uh, sometimes it leads to these kind of verbal and uh, physical abuse as well. You, could you explain to me the system that teachers get with bonuses? Uh uh, after a few years, uh, every teacher gets promoted to a new level, a new pay grade. Could you walk me through that system? Yeah. Uh, every year, uh, you get uh, a small percentage uh, increase in your salary, which is uh, about 6,000 Iraqi dinar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then after four years, uh, you get promoted, uh, and then uh, there will be an increase about fifty six. I think, I'm not sure about I'm not sure about the numbers, but I think it's nearly fifty six thousand Iraqi dinar to your salary. So uh, it's not that much, but uh, it's good for teachers, mm -hmm. and at, at least uh, they do care about. Uh, uh, their hard, hard work. Someone is appreciating this, mm -hmm. and uh, at the end, everyone is working to to get uh, paid for their for their life. Did so. you receive your bonus after four years? Uh, no. <laughs> have you Have you yet received? <laughs> because we, <Yeah. laughs> I started teaching in two thousand eleven. Then mm -hmm. uh, uh, all these bonuses and promotions stopped in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you haven't received that, any That's of why it's that's almost why, the same salary. Yeah, and that's why you're not sure whether it's okay. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm not familiar with the number. <laughs> uh, has the government promised that they're going to provide these bonuses? Mm, they did. Okay. And, but you haven't received them yet? No, not yet. Okay. Do you think you will? I hope. Do you think that the public school sector is going to expand in the future? Or do you think it's going to maintain the same... Like, uh, no, no, it has to expand because uh, the number of students, are, the population is increasing. So the number right. of, the increase, uh, of the students are increasing as well. Uh, we need to build more schools. We need to open more schools. So uh, we need more public schools. It seems to me based on the way that the system is set up, based on what you've described in your own career, that the public system is already at capacity, which means that private schooling isn't just a secondary option for those who choose to pay. It's become a fundamental pillar that the entire education system couldn't exist without. Yeah, the um, 
we don't have the building capacity for receiving all these students from mm -hmm. private schools. This is first. Second, uh, we can provide the environment, uh, the learning environment that they were in. We can provide the same uh, in public schools. Uh, three, we don't have enough uh, human resources in pu public schools. Uh, four, uh, the, the, most of the private and um, international schools are... Uh, English system, so we don't have uh, enough uh, uh, teachers that are able to teach in English, uh, which is another issue that the government will face. Yeah, these are the factors. What kind of uh, changes do you think need to happen in the future for the education sector in order for Kurdistan to have a successful next generation? Uh, because most of these students are in public schools, we have to focus on public schools. Uh, we need to build more schools. We need to have uh, more facilities for teachers and schools. We need to pay well for our teachers uh, to try their best, to be more creative, uh, to be more passionate about their uh, their job. Um, uh, we need to let students stay more in school. Uh, this is very important. In this case, uh, teachers will observe them longer. So we we can determine the skills that they need to improve, especially their social skills, their, uh, let's say, how to develop their emotional skills as well. Uh, we say that we would like to to produce an individual who's ready for the real life, we can do that if we free students in a class uh, without interacting, without giving them opportunity to experience life in their classes. What do I mean by experiencing life in their classes? If I don't give you a task, like, uh, let's say, some, some tasks might be solo, sometimes some tasks in a team, the way that you interact with your friends, the way that you deal, uh, you respond to uh, your classmates is very important for me. Uh, I know if you are uh, getting others' ideas, if I know if you are respecting others, I know if you are. So I, I would like to see the skills that you need to improve or the skills that you have and I need to encourage you to develop it better and better. Uh, in public schools now, we don't have this at all because, um, as I mentioned, some of these buildings have... Uh, uh, let's say two shifts of uh, schools, let's say morning shift and afternoon shift. So this, they stay in schools for four hours, four and a half, uh, which is not enough for teacher to figure out the skills that students need to work on it. We don't have time to discover any talents at all in public schools, uh, which is another issue. So the longer the students stay in the school, uh, the better opportunities they have to improve their skills that they need for real life. Well, Ajin, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I thank you for you, and I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Cheers. I'd like to thank Ajin so much for coming in and discussing all this with me. Inside Kurdistan is brought to you by the Kurdistan Information Network. You can check us out at kurdistanin.net. You can also subscribe to Inside Kurdistan on Apple, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you're using. Thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Weintraub, and this has been Inside Kurdistan. Inside Kurdistan.